Welcome to the FBC Athens podcast, open to explore devotions. For those making the daily Lenten journey, today is the 19th day of the pilgrimage to the cross. The devotion for today is given by Marcia Kasky, and it is based on the parable of the wedding banquet told in Matthew 22, 1-14. It is read today from the New Revised Standard Version Updated Edition. Allow for the music played by Addison Acock to quiet your mind and open your spirit to listen for God. Once more, Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his slaves to call those who had been invited to the wedding banquet, but they would not come. Again, he sent other slaves, saying, Tell those who have been invited, Look, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they made light of it and went away, one to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his slaves, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his troops, destroyed those murderers, and burned their city. Then he said to his slaves, The wedding is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go, therefore, into the main streets and invite everyone you find to the wedding banquet. Those slaves went out into the streets and gathered all whom they found, both good and bad, so the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there, who was not wearing a wedding robe. And he said to him, Friend, how did you get in here without a wedding robe? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, Bind him hand and foot and throw him into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. Matthew 22, 1 states that Jesus once more spoke in parables. Thus again, he drew people in by saying simply, let me tell you a story. Parables are stories from common, well-known images drawn from everyday life that may also contain intriguing or insightful plots. No decoder ring or PhD is needed for the hearer to comprehend Jesus' stories. Parables might also contain an element of surprise, where normal expectations are reversed, turn topsy-turvy upside down, like the outwardly rich or really the inwardly poor. 
and the last shall be first. John Claypool said that Solomon had his proverbs, Aesop had his fables, and Jesus had his parables. Claypool also said that the generous banquet-type hospitality as found in this parable is a familiar scriptural motif in the Bible and that he can think of no better image for the biblical understanding of God than that of a host or a gracious party-giver presiding over an occasion, quote, where a good time should be shared by and had by all, unquote. Today's parable of the wedding banquet found in Matthew chapter 22 has a parallel sister parable, a slightly different and less disturbing parable, in Luke chapter 14. There Jesus tells his parable while dining on the Sabbath in the home of a Pharisee. But our Matthew wedding banquet parable takes place shortly after Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem on a donkey, after he'd overturned the money changers' tables in the temple, after he'd spent the night in Bethany, probably with BFFs Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, after he'd then gone back to the temple in Jerusalem to teach again the next day, where some folks were eagerly listening to this winsome, charismatic storyteller, and others, like the Pharisees, were growing hot under the collar over what Jesus was doing and saying. In Jewish culture, as we learned in last week's Sunday school lesson, party invites were sent out announcing the day but not the time of the party. The host would then know how many were coming and could prepare the right amount of barbecue. Isn't that what we do too? Meat's expensive back then, even as it is today. On the day of the party, when all the food was ready, a servant would then go to the homes of those who had planned to attend to say, all is ready, come now. The guests should have been dressed and ready. Thus, the excuses given for not attending the party were unacceptable, even though, as we see in verse 5, they were actually reasonable and not at all frivolous excuses. Claypool says that we, too, can miss God's party by being so caught up in our own everyday routines that we confuse the good for the best and never get around to what we could be or how God could work in our lives. Let's read this statement again for pondering's sake. We, too, can miss God's party by being so caught up in our own everyday routines that we confuse the good for the best and never get around to what we could be or how God could work in our lives. In our parable, it is the Jews who have missed the party, and the Gentiles are now the welcomed guest, seated at the table and given new robes to wear. William Barclay calls this the parable of the open door. He says that God's door is open to all. We say our church is truly open to all, but is it? Are we really open to all? ourselves, something else to ponder. But in coming to the table through the open door, a man can be changed. This change has nothing to do with the clothes we wear at church, but everything to do with the spirit in which we come to God's house. We must wear the appropriate garments of the mind, the heart, the soul. Our man in verses 11 through 14, which is actually thought to be a completely separate parable, fits the category of not being worship prepared. How many times are we, am I, 
not worship prepared, coming to the Lord's house. Barclay states, if every man and woman in our congregation came to church prepared to worship, after a little prayer, a little thought, a little self-examination, then worship would be worship indeed, the kind of worship in which and through which things happen in men's souls, in the life of the church, and in the affairs of the world. P.S. The very disturbing verse 7, where the king is angered and kills men and destroys their city, is thought to have been added years after Matthew actually wrote his gospel, after Jerusalem had been invaded and the temple destroyed. Finally, some closing words from Jewish author Amy Jill Levine. She writes, One does not need to worship Jesus as Lord for the parables to have meaning. The people who first heard Jesus didn't at first worship him. Yet they paid attention because for those with ears to hear and some patience to ponder, the parables spoke to their hearts. I return to these stories because they are at the heart of my own faith. They challenge, they provoke, they convict, and they can even amuse. The parables have provided me countless hours of inspiration and conversation. They are pearls of Jewish wisdom spoken by Jesus. If we hear them in their original contexts, they gleam with the shine that will never be hidden. As Ron Higdon would have said, amen and amen. <laughs>